Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Lenahan. We appreciate you listening to the pod and spreading the news about us. You know, we're also on YouTube, and I wanted to mention that if you are listening on the YouTube app, uh, please like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And we we stream everywhere, and I know it's not a a video podcast uh, yet. Um, Maybe in the future. We'll see. I'm a radio guy, you know. Uh, I do put it on YouTube because you may or may not know this. YouTube is the, the second largest search engine on the internet these days. So I think it's important to be there. And we usually put it up uh, Thursday or Friday at the latest. But on all the other streaming uh, platforms, we release every Wednesday morning, very early in the morning, so that when you wake up on a Wednesday morning, you can have a cup of coffee and make a new connection, like we are going to do today. You know, just a couple weeks ago, we talked to Cherise Boltori, who's one of my favorite people in the whole world. She runs this organization called Global Songwriter Connection. And if you missed that, go back and listen, because she's got so many great things going on and great tips for aspiring songwriters and artists alike. And, and part of that show, we talked about some of the people that she's mentored over the years and played a little bit of their music. And one of those folks is our guest today. We're on the phone uh, to New York City with Alexa Valentino. Hi, Alexa. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Nice to have you. It really is. I'm a fan of what you do, and I want to tell the listeners a little bit about you, if that's okay. Can we brag on you a little bit? Of course, yes. <laughs> okay. She started in showbiz, folks, like age four or five, around there. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, like four. <laughs> <laughs> on stage. She's a pop a pop artist and singer-songwriter, uh, a dancer, an actress, uh, of stage, TV, and movies. In fact, how many 18-year-olds do you know have their own IMDb page? She does. <laughs> <laughs> you can check it out. Um, and I'll tell you what, she's also a very accomplished piano player, kind of a prodigy in that respect. She even has her own school where she teaches piano and voice. Is that right? You still doing that? Yeah, I literally just came from there. We're going to talk about that. That's incredible. Um, and also, she's an influencer. Her TikTok page is well over a quarter of a million uh, subscribers at this point. That's amazing. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot more than that by now, right? Uh, yeah, about, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's amazing all the things that you do. Uh, I can't imagine how you even found time to be with us, but I thank you for that. Oh, I thank you. It's, it's, it's really an honor to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, let's play a little bit of this. Uh, we played a little bit of this song, and I really love it when Cherie was on the show, but I'd like to play the whole thing to start it off, okay? And it is called See You in Hell, and it's one of your recent, recent releases, right? Yeah. We'll it talk came about, out over the summer. Okay. We'll talk about it on the other side. Alexa Valentino. Burned every bridge, now you're crossing mine Gave you a chance, but you're crossing 
Alexa Valentino is our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. That's your song, See You in Hell. That was out this summer, did you say? Yeah, that came out in July. In July. Okay. How often do you release singles? You know, it depends. Um, I've been releasing every couple of months, but it all kind of bases around whenever I'm releasing a project. Um, I released my EP around this time last year, so I didn't release anything from then till this song. But now that I have this in-between period between projects, mm-hmm. I'm putting singles out a little bit more frequently. So instead of like, you know, seven, eight months, maybe two or three. You know, I ask you that question because for aspiring singer-songwriters that are doing, there are a lot of do-it-yourself artists that are, are putting uh, uh, songs up on the internet uh, and on Spotify and things like that. And the question is always, do you do singles or do you do, release the whole project at once? And how do you feel about that? You know, I don't think that there's necessarily a right or wrong way to do it because mm-hmm. if there's one method that was so much better than the others, mm-hmm. everyone would be doing that. I see. Um, I think that it depends on the person, it depends on the style, it depends on the audience. And it doesn't hurt to just try a little bit of everything and yeah. see what gets the best response. Absolutely. Let's talk about songwriting. The songwriting of that uh, that song, See You in Hell. Did you have a co-writer did you, or did you write that by yourself? No, so I had two con- uh, songwriters on that. Yeah. Um, I was in Nashville and set up a session with a producer that Cherie actually uh, connected me with. Oh, and his name is Kyle Jefferson. Okay. And we've written a few times since this one. He's a really great guy. And I just went into his studio in Nashville. And when I got there, he was like, hey, my friend Austin's here. Can you write with us? And I was ah, like, sure. So <laughs> um, it was the first time that I'd actually really met the two of them, but we basically just sat around in the studio for like a few hours mm-hmm. eating like lime chips and just like kind of talking about all of the situations in our life at the moment and all the people that were pissing us off <laughs> <laughs> and kind of took a bunch of these stories and started to, you know, get the lyrics down. And, you know, I was recording the vocals as we were going and just were you really wow. You know, oh, wow. They played around and, this is what we came up with. So yeah, it was a really fun experience. Do you work on the tracks too, um, Alexa, or do you, do you when, when you're when you're writing? Do you hear it in your head, or do you do you write to a track? What, what do you prefer? How do you do it? You know, it really depends. It mm-hmm. depends on how I'm working. If I'm home and I'm just working with one of the writers that I work with, you know, very frequently on FaceTime or Zoom, mm-hmm. and I'm just in my room writing with them, I'm going to sit at the keyboard or the piano, or they're going to play the guitar, and we will write it that way and then bring it to life into the studio but if i'm working with someone who is a producer sometimes we'll just start with the track because that's gotcha. their you know comfort zone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it really depends on who i'm working with but okay. i'm honestly yeah well we kind of call it uh, top down writing where the tracks exist and and you write in the lyrics to it and sing it along um you know yeah. uh, <clears throat> so long as like you said home now home is new york city right Long Island, Long but Island. I'm in the city. I'm in there the city go. quite frequently. So oh, honestly, okay. both. <laughs> 
Yeah, because you act and do things like that. And, you know, it, it, we're, we're taping this uh, episode, recording it in uh, December, uh, and it's the holiday season. And that's my favorite time to visit New York. Um, my, my nephew, Dave, who is an actor as well, lived in New York City. And uh, we went to visit him a couple years ago, Alexa. And we just strolled through New York and took in all the, the sights and sounds, the, the store windows, the Rockefeller Plaza and the big Christmas tree. It's just a great time to visit your city, isn't it not? It's a beautiful place and it's a very magical time. And I would agree, it's probably my favorite as well. So <laughs> if you can stand the cold, then yeah. <laughs> Come on down. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was cold that day. We 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 walked all over uh, New York City to keep warm, and we had a good time. We really did. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, but you make it to Nashville a lot, huh? I do, I do. You know, it's been a few months since I've been, but I'm hoping to come back in the winter. Mm-hmm. And. I truly, I truly love Nashville. Oh, I truly, truly love it. Well, I certainly hope to run into you and, and meet you. Um, maybe you can, uh, you know, play a little round for us. And I run a writer's round at a little place down the road here in Hermitage called the 12 Keys. So if you'd like to perform, I'm throwing out that invitation right now. <laughs> okay. I'm there. <laughs> Let me know when there. you are coming, okay? You have a standing, a standing in, uh, uh, invitation, if that's okay with you. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, I will be there. 100%. Awesome. That is awesome. Um, let me ask you about TikTok. You just recently uh, started your page, right? Was it the past? Yeah, summer? I mean, it all kind of started last mm-hmm. summer. I, I was talking about this earlier um, when I was live, but I mean, 2021, I remember very distinctly the first half of the year, I was going to the studio every single week with my producer here in New York. Mm-hmm. And I gave him the update on how many followers I gained in that week. Wow. And if I went up like 50 followers in that week, I was thrilled. Like I was over the moon and wow. we would set monthly goals. And my end of the year goal for 2021 was to hit three to 5,000 followers. That wow. was what I wanted to accomplish by the end of 2021. That's pretty nice following. And yeah. that was, that was when I, I was probably... I would say beginning of June, I was probably around a thousand followers. Wow. Um, so right around when school was ending, um, by the time school was starting again, I was hitting a hundred thousand. Wow. And it just skyrocketed faster yeah. than I can control. Well, how, do you and, do, how did you do it? With, with just snippets <laughs> of, of your songs or, or, or what? You know, a lot of different things. There's a lot of different things that make up who I am. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of different, I'll say, um, I'll you know, say. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, components to what I talk about. Uh-huh. I do talk about my music. I talk a lot about the show Criminal Minds because I'm like obsessed with that show. Oh, are you really? Um, and it's okay. given me so many opportunities to, you know, talk with the cast members. CBS sent me um, merchandise from the show in honor of the new reboot season, which was so nice of them. And, you know, there's other things I talk about. Um, I talk about something called uh, reality shifting, which is a spiritual practice that, um, honestly, it's brought me a lot of my following and has been super fun. And Wait, so I've, I've, got, I've got to know more about reality shifting. Tell me about that. <laughs> Tell me what that's all about. Um, well, that's a long conversation, but, you know, it's something <laughs> we that I We need another whole podcast, right, for that? That is another whole podcast. <laughs> I've been on shifting podcasts specifically. Yeah. But um, it's something that has been around for thousands of years, but really really took the public eye around when the pandemic started. And I think that's just because 
when COVID started, everyone was looking for an escape. Like everyone yeah. needed something to do with themselves. That's true. And that's why there's a very common misconception that it's something that was necessarily created on TikTok. But that's honestly not the case. No. Um, basically, what shifting is, is it is the separation of your consciousness and your like awareness and your subconscious awareness oh. and shifting your subconscious awareness to other realities. So it, it basically... Uh, follows along the multiverse theory. So um, believing in the multiverse theory and then, you know, you know, shifting, which is the the proper term. My best friend introduced me to it. And when I started making videos about it in 2021, that was really what started growing my following. So then I, you know, continued to to post and talk about that, which I really love doing. And a lot of my music even has connections to it. And, Wow. It's all just worked so nicely, hand in hand, and it's, it's given me something I also feel like separates me from every other 18-year-old girl who sounds exactly like I do and is doing what I'm doing, because wow. it's very hard to pick yourself apart Yeah, I from all the other people that are competing with you, essentially. So it's been a blessing, and I'm so grateful for the entire community for being so supportive. And It sounds like it um, is. And we're going to research that. I want to read about that. And we can get... Go through my TikTok. Yes. Go through my TikTok. <laughs> how, do we, how do we find you on TikTok? So my TikTok account is Alexa Prentice. So it's my first name. And then Prentice is P-R-E-N-T-I-S-S. And I actually did a interview with Mashable, which is the um, the tech um, you know journal mm-hmm. um, that I think has like... 12 million um, wow. reads or views or whatever the proper term is. So that's out there. And um, yeah, but you, I will text you so much. So, Please do. Like yeah. that can of worms. Once I open it, I, uh, <laughs> I pour it all out. So um, it, it sounds yeah. interesting and very fascinating. Well, you, you were talking about school. Are you still in school or did you graduate high school? I graduated high school. Okay. So last year. Okay. Wow, you've done so much in that short amount of time. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, (laughs) what did your friends think? I mean, here you are doing all the things that you do. You must have been the envy of all your friends. I I hope not. I mean, I don't want them to (laughs) envy anything. Um, If anything, I mean, I'm just going to use her as an example, but my, um, my best friend in the whole world is the one that, really got me into like I said a lot of the things that helped me grow a platform and it's like if anything I'm just so grateful to her mm-hmm. because I couldn't have done it without her awesome. um I think that growing up it was a bit harder for me because yeah. I grew up in a very big sports town on Long Island yeah. where everyone played soccer everyone played lacrosse yeah. and here I was leaving early every day to go to Manhattan and rehearse for three off-Broadway shows at a time Isn't so I definitely felt very isolated as I was a child but mm. as I grew up I became more confident in something that set me apart and I think that as kids mature as well they start to appreciate more things that they're not familiar with so I think it all aged nicely you know, um, but that would be probably the best way to describe it. That's, that's, it's just so interesting. And you know, the other thing you did in, in, and you were younger then, but you started an anti-bullying campaign, didn't you? Did you not? When and I was 11. 11 yeah. years old. Wow. Tell me about that. Cause that's, that's amazing. I did 
several off-Broadway shows in a very, very short period of time. Yeah. And one of the last ones that I did, um, well, actually, no, I'm, I'm too far ahead of myself. I'm forgetting my own life story. Uh. The first <laughs> one that I did, the first one that I did was very interesting because I was in fifth grade. Yeah. And at that point, I had only done regional theater on Long Island, um, some bigger productions, but still nothing on Broadway stages with Broadway actors and directors. And I remember fourth grade, we read the book, the numbers, uh, excuse me, Number of the Stars. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a book about World War II and the Holocaust and a few young girls in that time. Mm -hmm. And we really, you know, deep dived into the book. And, um, you know, we we spoke a lot about, um, you know, the characters and what it was about and, you know, the message of the book and, um, in fifth grade, there was someone that my mom knew that said I should go audition for the off-Broadway, actually the U.S. premiere of Number of the Stars as wow. a play. Wow. And I was able to get an audition. It was, you know, it wasn't open to anyone. I was able to get an audition. And I went through the first round and I did this, um, you know, this, it, monologue, whatever, and they said, "Okay, everybody, go to the Starbucks across the street. Come back in an hour. Um, we'll come back in an hour and let you know who got a call back." Okay. So I go to the Starbucks across the street with all the other kids that are all pretending to like each other but secretly want each other's parts, and you know, all, all the moms that are you know doing the same thing. And it's a very tense environment, and everyone's you know nervous. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, my mom kept saying, it's your first audition. You're not going to get the first one, you know, but the experience is great. I get a callback. You did. So I go back across the street and I go for the callback and they give us this new scene. And in one of the scenes, we have to run around in a circle. <laughs> so I run around in a circle and fall completely flat on my face. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I just made an idiot of myself. I'm not getting the role. Now, how old, again, the how old again were you? How, how, uh... At this time, I think I was... <clears throat> Nine. Nine, okay. And I got the lead. You got the lead. So I got the lead. And I shared the lead with two other girls. One was actually in Lane Miz on Broadway at the time. And I still contact with her. And the other one um, introduced me to an anti-bullying organization. So she was an advocate for this organization called Free to Love. Free to Love. And what they would do is they had a bunch of child actors and performers um, kind of become advocates, they would take a pledge, and then they would, you know, basically spread awareness for this, um, you know, company, organization, whatever you want to call it, um, all over social media and with their friends, family, cast members, whatever the case may be. So I became an advocate for them, and at the time I was interested in writing music. Mm -hmm. So I ended up actually writing a song dedicated to the organization, and that was called Free to Love. Free to Love. And that was my first song that I had put out. Now, didn't you do that? sure if I even really wanted to do music, but uh-huh. I just went for it. Did, did I, did I read, did you do the video with that or, or the song with Debbie Gibson? Well, that's the next part of the story. That's the next part of <laughs> so the story. That, okay. was, I, that I wrote on my own. That uh-huh. I wrote on my own literally in my mom's bed during the intermission of the Islander game. Like that was completely uh-huh. just like. I, I read that you wrote it during, I, I just want to pause. You wrote it during the, during the intermission of a, of a New York Islanders hockey game. Yes, but not at the game. Literally in my mother's, like, bed. Like, 
middle school me was just like bored and decided to write a song for an organization. Yeah, basically. That is incredible. <laughs> it's just so something that funny. popped I, like, in your head? You just... I look back and I'm just like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's incredible. That's a great songwriter story. Yes. When I put that song out, I got hooked up with these producers and these managers and we did music videos and press and all these things. Yeah. And it was very hard to juggle a music career that I wanted to really take to the next step and an acting career. Oh, bad. So the last off-Broadway show that I ever did was written by a young boy, probably a little bit younger than I am now, and his mother was the director. Wow. Well, his mother was Debbie Gibson's sister, uh, no and I got the lead in that, too. So um, I became very close with the director, and she eventually ended up actually signing me to her management company. And the last, I don't actually remember if it was the last show. It was maybe the last show, or if not, it was the second to last. She said, Debbie's going to be here. I want to introduce you to her, and she would love to teach you more about writing music. Wow. So I met Debbie and started to talk to her on the phone, FaceTime, and she basically just taught me how to write songs. That's cool. And she, you know, sent me with her producers and we wrote a song together, which ended up being the second one that I put out. Wow. So I put that out when I was about 12. Now, you know, um, I, I searched to like, I could not find that in you. Is it out? Can people still find that in places? <clears throat> those are up on YouTube, I think. YouTube? I still believe, but I kind of wiped out a lot of the younger stuff from my Spotify. Yeah, because you grow as an artist. I, I can understand brand. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm so grateful because their entire family are some of the nicest, kindest people I ever met. Like, Debbie took me on stage at her concert. Like, she's such a nice person, mm-hmm. and it was so cool seeing my parents meet her because they were mega fans of her as really? teenagers. Uh-huh. So. Uh, the fangirling was quite fun to watch because here I was. I didn't know who she was because I was 12. You were 12. And here yeah. she is, 80s pop star. Yeah. And my parents were like holding a Sharpie and like a <laughs> pen. Yeah. Like waiting for her to sign it. And it, just, it was so funny to watch. Uh, a little starstruck, huh? That's great. Oh, for sure. Listen, I want to play another song. You've got a new single out called Worse Than Down. Do you want to say anything about that before we play? Because I want to give it a spin here. Is that okay? I am so surprised that this song is even out because when I wrote it I loved it so much but I thought it was going to be too out of the box to really land with my audience meaning 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 a little what when you say out of the box it was just a little bit more internal and like Mm. personal I think and a lot darker but not in the see you in hell way and the like Mm -hmm. you know right um this is how I'm really feeling inside way. I get it. Um, and it was a part of myself that I always wanted to put out there on social media, but was scared to because I didn't want anyone to be disappointed in me or even worried about me, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But once I, once I did it in the studio, I was listening to it the whole car ride home. And I was like, this is good. So I came home <laughs> it is and I good. just sat at my desk and filmed a TikTok playing it. And people were like, Alexa, release this. So I put it out there, and I'm just so happy that I did, and I'm so happy to see the numbers that, you know, it's done so far, and it's been great. You know, a lot of songwriters will think, is this just too personal? I don't know, you know? So is that always that internal struggle as a songwriter, isn't there? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, let's play this. This is called Worse Than Down, and uh, let's let's give it a run here. We'll talk about it at the, uh, the other side, okay? Perfect. Hate every world I'm in the 
until I leave and then I miss it I wish I could appreciate the things that I was given But it's been years since I was happy, why does no one listen? Wish I could disappear but then nobody would remember The thought of leaving things behind, it really makes my head hurt Never really understood the meaning of forever Alexa Valentino on the Songwriter Connection podcast. Going to take a quick break. Alexa, we'll be back with you. I want to talk more about that song, okay? Perfect. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Songwriter Connection, connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Now back to the show with your host, Dave Linehan. Alexa Valentino is our guest on the phone from Long Island, New York. Uh, again, it's it's good to have you, Alexa. That song, Worse Than Down. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, do you have, I'd love to see the, the lyrics to that. Do you, do you ever put out like lyric videos? Is there a lyric video to that? I don't put lyric videos out, but usually the lyrics will come up on, you know, Spotify, yeah. Apple Music. Um, you know, sometimes it's just like a really annoying delay yeah. on them. Yeah, sometimes. But um, yeah. they usually come up fairly quickly, and um, that's usually where they are accessible. Okay. All right. Very good. Um so writing that song, um, and you know, may I say, and I, I don't, I don't like to compare artists to other artists, but it, it had uh, it, to me when I first heard it, the, the, the way it starts has that kind of that Billie Eilish feel. Was was that what you were after, or, or no? No, I never, I never try to intentionally channel a specific artist because I'll find then I'm going to sound too similar. But yeah. looking at it from after the fact of writing it, I can totally see where that comes from. And Billie's a huge inspiration of mine. Is she in okay. general? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And let me ask, where, where was that produced? That was produced here in New York with my producer, Donnie. Wow, he did a um, good job. Fox yeah. Studio, I've been with for years, like since right around two days. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's like, he's the best. Okay. For sure. And did it come from a very dark place? I wanted to, I always like to have this story behind the songs. So, I think it's just kind of what it feels like sometimes to be a teenager, especially mm-hmm. on media yeah. um, and how COVID really changed a lot of us yeah. um, and how a lot of us look back at like before the pandemic and don't necessarily feel like the same person, whether it's because we've had you know a loss or a specific traumatic event or anything big that's happened or just mm-hmm. over time, you know, with isolation and with um, change, we just have really and um i think that's kind of where a lot of the inspiration lyrically for this one came from i cannot imagine what it was like to be in high school during the pandemic that's that just so weird i mean were you were you studying from home doing the zoom thing oh yeah for a while for a while that's got to be so hard so far away from your friends and everything it's tough it was it it is rough yeah yeah let me ask this college in your future are you are you continuing your studies or or no. So I was in school for like the first few weeks of the semester, and then mm-hmm. I was just so overwhelmed with yeah. stuff that was going on in my personal life that I didn't feel like I could fully commit to it. Yeah. But I am returning next semester, Where and uh, things have calmed down, so I'm definitely going to be in a better headspace. And um, I'm actually excited to go back. I I'm ready for it. And, um, and where will you study? Music business. Music business. Where at? Uh, five towns college. Okay, cool. I thought maybe Belmont here in Nashville. Just, just saying. 
Oh, I thought about Belmont so much. I, I could have given you a tour of Belmont when I was a freshman in high school. I know wow. so many people there. And, yeah. you know, there was so many. I, I really was close. Belmont was like my second or third choice. I see. Um, but there were certain things that kept me at home. Mm. Um, but, yeah. no, I, I loved everyone at Belmont. Well, love, I think, love, love. I think pursuing acting as well as music, it's probably New York's probably a, a good place for you to be. With Broadway not too far and all the things that happened there, so. Right. It's probably a good choice. I am really curious as to your mom and dad. Were were they in the sh- in show business too? Are they talented folks or they no, have to be? Not no? at all. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Um, no. Not at all. Really, my family is not very musical, and one of my uncles is in a band. But I mean, I feel like everyone has an uncle in a band. I mean, you know, I not really. My mom is a sports kid, and yeah, my dad. My dad like works for an electric company. Like my parents are not. <laughs> you know musical or um theatrical they just kind of put me in a bit of everything and yeah when soccer didn't work out and you know horseback riding wasn't my thing and acting was they were like all right so they they helped you explore your passions and they encouraged you huh in a lot of different areas yeah pretty cool (laughs) sound like very cool parents that's very nice you know i was also you said to me uh how debbie gibson uh, helped you to teach you how to, to write songs. And I just think that's so incredible. Big 80s pop song uh, uh, singer like she uh, she is. Um, what was what was like the most important thing you felt that, that you got from that experience? Um, I think that it was just really the kind of person that she is, even if she's not, you know, in what you would consider her prime anymore. Mm-hmm. She's still so incredibly busy and she still has so much going on that she is a part of. And the fact that she thought that I was essentially good enough to spend time on really gave me the confidence that I needed at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that honestly, even more than any of the actual information that she gave me, that was the biggest takeaway was like, okay, I'm worth a pop dark time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That feels good. You That's, know what I'm saying? Like, that, that is major valenta- validation right there. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So for sure. did you write songs together? Uh, yeah, we, we wrote songs together and that one I, uh, I put out was, was written with her as well. Yeah. Okay, good. And and how, how do you spend a, a good part of your of your week your your weekly activities writing songs or are you the kind that that waits for inspiration or do you set appointments? How do you, how do you how do you approach it? I usually schedule like two or three sessions a week, but sometimes good. I'll be. I mean, I can be anywhere, and my mom's like, "Why are you walking over away from everybody with your phone, like in your sweatshirt?" I'm like, "I'm recording a voice memo. I got a melody idea. Got a melody um, in your head. You got to get it out." That's I'll right. be driving. I'll be driving with my mom or someone in the passenger seat, and I'm like, "Open up my phone and write this word in my notes app." And they're like, "Why?" I'm like, "Title." Wow. And they're like, "We're on the highway." I'm like, "I know, but it just came to me." <laughs> and they're like, "From what? Exit 48?" I'm like, "No, it just..." It just popped in my head <laughs> or at intermission of a new york islanders hockey game you just never know <laughs> or that that's always yeah there, or that. there's that too that's incredible that's very cool you have a web page and i want to direct folks to it how do they find you out there um you can find me at alexavalentino.com great that's easy to find alexa it is <laughs> do, you, do you ever go alexa 
play Alexa Valentino. <laughs> oh God. I'm sorry. Don't I even say. get me started. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Well let's it's let's cool until it's cool until like everyone thinks they've made the most original joke in the world. Yeah, like and me. It's like I've been hearing that for years. <laughs> I'm sure you have. They're I'm... like, Alexa, turn on the lights. <laughs> I'm like, you are the 500th person to say that to me. Well, Congratulations. Well, then I beg your forgiveness. I'm, that's, I'm, a spe- <laughs> I'm a special kind of idiot, as you know. <laughs> hey, so let's play some more of your music. I've got um, a few others here that I'm looking at on Spotify. Um, your choice, I got Angel, Bleed, Kissing Other Girls, which was cool. That's, that, they always, the, the publishers always tell me, uh, have a title that would make me want to really listen to that and find out what that's right. all about. So when I saw that one, I go, oh yeah, I gotta hear that. So let's talk about kissing other girls. Sure. Tell me about that. Um, this song was the first single that I put out post TikTok. Oh, okay. Um, and I was pretty nervous to put it out there because before then I did have a very, very small audience. Okay. Um, and it was the first single that set up my project. So I don't want to tell you what it's about though. I okay. want Let's I, want, to- I want I want you to going off what you just said. I want you to uh, get that, that experience from the song. So I love we'll and talk respect about that, that after. Well, let's play. Let's listen to it, and then we'll talk about it after. Yeah, sounds sure. good. Alexa Valentino on the Songwriter Connection podcast.
Alexa Valentino on the Songwriter Connection podcast. She's with us now on the phone from Long Island, New York. And I get it now, Alexa, you're calling him out, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And listen, boy, this ain't going to fly with me. <laughs> right? Oh, no. Yeah, no. This was, uh, I was in an interesting mood. Yeah. <laughs> when I wrote that one. Um, I actually wrote that, like, peak COVID, like 2020. So it's crazy that it's Always still, I like to call BC. I'm listening to it. Back in BC before COVID, that's what I like to call it. Yeah. So oh you my did, God. I've never yes. heard that before. But that is, I'm going to start using that. Now, wh- now, when did you release that? That was um, summer. I think that was July of 2021. 2021. So you were probably what 16 at the time. Yeah. Wow, incredible. You know, I love your your melodies and your melodic phrasing that you use. They're so catchy, and uh, I I don't think that's something that's learned. I think that's part of the talent of songwriting that you're given. Do you agree? I guess so. I mean, I think that part of it is skill. I think that part of it could be just, you know, natural. Um, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I want to talk a little bit about your uh, your acting career. I know you started at a very young age. But you've you've progressed on to movies and things. I've seen some clips of some of the movies you've been in. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Where can we see you I've on film? I've, I've done different films. I think the biggest. Uh, thing that I did was I was on an NBC show. You were? Um, Which one? Called um, Ministry of Evil. Ooh. And it was really, really interesting. Um, it was it was crazy because so the way that they had it set up was um, there was a few different girls that were all it's about a cult leader. His name is Tony Alamo. And mm. uh, the actor that they used to play him was like so incredible. I mean, like really like and he looked so much like the actual guy. So, wow. I mean, really, like, if you, if someone told you that that was him, you'd believe them. Wow. And it was, like, one of those casting, like, crazy, you know, jobs. And when we got there, you know, like, the other girls and myself, they just told us to go into this basement. And, and what they had, uh, what we were filming in was this, like, big house that I don't know that, you know, the proper name for them. I've called them TV houses. I've called them film houses. But basically what they are, they're... They're houses that you would expect any, like, you know, regular suburban, like, middle-class family to live in. But every single room in the house, it's kind of like a different vibe and a bit of a different aesthetic where it's like this doesn't all go together. So that they can film what would be, like, multiple locations in one location. So they could probably, you know, make it seem like it's three different houses, but they're all in the same spot because that's a lot of equipment, people to move all around the place. So... Television um, and movie like, magic, you know, it is. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, so I, I had a chance, just to side like to say what you said, I went to uh, uh, where they filmed Shawshank Re- 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 uh, Redemption, which is uh, uh, in Mansfield, Ohio. There's a reformatory there. And what I didn't realize, a lot of the scenes, even outside, you know, happened right there. Like uh, if you've ever seen that movie, Brooks, who you know, ends up, he can't make it in the world, he hangs himself. That was actually in a room inside of the reformatory. So a lot, a lot of the different scenes took place 
in the same place. So I imagine it was kind of the same there, what you're talking about there, huh? Yeah. I mean, sets were crazily like that. Yeah. So I was, I got there and I'm like looking around at everything and they tell me to go into the basement. So I'm like, okay. So uh-huh. I go down into the basement and there's this couch in front of this big projector. Yeah. And on the projector, they're projecting like this loose clip of like these burning buildings and like people like running around and like, I didn't know why. I, I didn't know what it was. Like I was very, this was the kind of role where I wasn't really like, I didn't have um, a script that I was given ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I had a persona and I was one of these few girls that were, you know, kept, you know, you know, like kept captive. And um, I just was told to show up. And um, I think the main reason why they didn't really tell us what to prepare for was so we would really just have that natural fear. Yeah, yeah. So I was told to go into this basement and I sat on this couch with these other girls and, you know, it's very dark. Yeah. Um, I could see, you know, cameras and there's insane smoke machines. So I was like hard to breathe. And I'm like, okay, where am I? Oh, like boy. it was genuinely enough to scare me. And they bring the guy out, who's, you know, playing this lead. And he goes on this like 10 minute rant huh. about like viewing all this crazy stuff that any cult leader would do. Mm. And he's saying it to us and he's interacting with the projector. And I mean, it's just like, we had no idea what was going on. And he would, you know, jump and there would be jump scares where he would, Wow. you know, get in our faces. And we would have, we would have that genuine shock because we didn't see it coming. Um, and they, it was one take. It was one take because after that, it wouldn't be raw reaction anymore. Right. And it was so creepy. Now, and eventually then after, after that, we had to do a lot of takes all day long because oh there were scenes um, with like SWAT invasions, which have to be filmed from so many different angles and, you know, so many different emotions. And, um, you know, I had a scene where I was sitting down with a therapist and, um, she was trying to get information out of me and, you know, so there, there were other things that were more intricate, but I will never forget the taping of that scene because wow. I've never been on a set like that. And it was so crazy. And so I would think, is that what they call method acting when they do that? that kind of thing? So method acting, um, in, in a way, um, I honestly, method acting, I think is like so complex and I, I've seen a lot of method acting. Um, be used for more roles where people are kind of like what that guy who was playing the lead would be doing, kind of like really studying and living as mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. character in order to portray them. Did you, um, did you take acting yeah. lessons at all? Did, did you study uh, acting? Or? In my childhood, yeah. I mean, as I would be doing a show, I would you know have rehearsals, but I would also be in voice lessons. I'd be in acting lessons, dance lessons, all those you know, all those things. Amazing. Amazing. All the things you do. It's just fantastic. So what's in the future for you, Alexa? What do you, what do you see yourself doing in the next few years? I would love to keep putting out music and growing my platform on social media and just, you know, continue being myself because it's gotten me to a point that I didn't really think I would get to so, so quickly. So I am, uh, I'm super happy with where I am and just to Great. see that can take would be amazing. So it's more like you're going to concentrate more on the music uh, these days, you think in the next few years or I think so, yeah. but I think that eventually I would love to go back to acting. Mm-hmm. Um, if so, the right roles come along, right? Yeah. 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 yeah for yeah. sure. Awesome.
Well, I wish you all the best. You know, I can't tell you how great it was to get to know you a little bit more and to chat Thank with you. you. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I, I wish you the best of everything. I really do. And I hope you'll stay in touch with me. And let me know when Thank you're coming you. to will. Nashville. I will. And I'll let you know when I'm in Nashville, for uh, sure. Awesome. I would love to meet you. Thanks again, Alexa Valentino. You can find her on all of the social medias. And you can also find her music out there wherever you find music. She is fantastic. And um, I really believe what you're doing. Talented young lady, and all the best to you, my friend. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.